Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fellowship Greenville Student Ministry Podcast. This week we have a special guest speaker, a former student, JJ Bunny, is bringing a message about complaining. JJ teaches from Philippians chapter 2 and helps us see that complaining and gratitude can never coexist together. Follow along and we hope you enjoy this message. Hey everybody, how are you doing tonight? Good to see all the beautiful faces in the crowd today, um, especially my parents there in my back. Dad, mustache is looking great. Um, thank you guys for being here tonight. We love to have you for the last couple of the school year. Can you believe it? Um, we're almost done. Guys, you're almost done. Keep going. Um, exams are coming up. Study, study, study. Do it diligently. Got a lot of stuff to do. Um, I'm a volunteer here. My name's JJ Bunny. And I am a former student in the student ministry. If you don't know me, um, I would love to get to know you. Um, Come talk to me after service, introduce yourself. I would love to talk. Uh, But tonight, I actually get to do one of my favorite things, which obviously is teach. Um, And I only get to do this every now and again. Um, By the grace of Matt Densky, he allows me to get up here um, and teach you guys. And I'm super excited to be able to do that. That being said, Tonight, I'm teaching on something a little bit different. Um, I would argue to say that probably you've never heard a sermon on this before. Um, I don't, I don't, that could be false. I don't know. I might start preaching and you're like, oh, I've heard this sermon before. But, well, whatever. I, I have never heard a sermon on it before. So, but I thought it was something that was really relevant to our lives. Something that can help us in our everyday see how we can be more like Jesus. And I think it's something we often ignore. And as I was preparing, I saw this in my own life. And I saw, I was looking back on my first year of college, seeing what I think I didn't do well. And that's really what I want to preach on tonight and what I want to change for next year as I go into my sophomore year. And that is complaining. That is complaining. So this is a bit of a weird thing. I, got, I, I don't, maybe, how many of you have heard a sermon on complaining? Wow, one person. Okay, I was right. Okay, I, okay, I wasn't wrong. I was scared all of you were going to be like, oh, me. And I was going to be like, oh, well, why am I here? But yeah, it's, it's something that's really relevant to our lives. And I know it, I'm very guilty of it very often. And within our culture, complaining has become a normal part of the everyday. Complaining is something that we almost enjoy doing. Like, we love to complain about something every now and again. Like, if any of you have social media, you know people love to complain, right? I mean, you get on, you get on Instagram or Facebook or what I know, none of you use Facebook, but you get on any of these social media platforms any given day, like someone's complaining about something, like either politics or whether it's like, man, I, my shoes got dirty today because it was raining. And it's like, dude, why are you posting this on Instagram? Or it's like, it's like the girl who goes to your school and she's like, they messed up my caramel drizzle on my Starbucks drink this morning and it was the worst day ever. Like, we just love to complain. I mean, like, there, there is literally so many things we could just ignore that we choose to complain about instead. 
And complaining is, complaining is funny to me because it's almost ironic. In the way we do our culture today, it's ironic that we complain so much because we fill our days with all these fun, busy things and we have busy days and like the busier your day is, the more people like respect you. Like, wow, you don't get home until 8.30? You're a grinder. Like, what? Like, why do we do that? And we fill our days like this and we like love to have like really busy days and we love to do like all this stuff. And then throughout the day, we complain about every single thing. We go to school in the morning and we go to school and we complain about our classes. And then they give us homework and we're like, ah, dude, we gotta do homework? Like, I thought we were just doing this here. And then we go to our extracurriculars after sports practice and we're like, oh man, gotta run again. Forgot that was a thing. And then we continue and we go to whatever plans we have with our friends that night and we're like, dude, I'm so tired. Like, but I have to go hang out with these people because I told them I would. And then we get home at the end of the night doing our homework. Like we find everything to complain about all throughout the day and it's ironic because our culture pushes us to do more and more and we complain the more and more we do. And I mean, it makes sense with some things, right? With school, like, okay, yeah, like, complain about school, like, I'm not going to give you a pass, like, I'm not going to say it's a good thing, but I'm going to say, like, it makes sense, at least, like, okay, like, I don't want to do school, so that's, that's fair, or, like, with chores, like, when your parents make you do chores, or maybe you've never complained about chores, and you're the angel child, um, you're probably the youngest, but if, if you've never complained, like, if you complain about these chores, like, yeah, like, it's something you don't want to do. Or even traffic's a big one. I mean, probably a lot of you are driving. Like, if you complain about the traffic in the morning, it's like, fair, okay. It's taking you a little, <laughs> thank you, Tommy. It's taking you a little longer to get to where you want to go. So that, that's a fair reason to complain. And we justify it in our heads, but what's funny to me is that we don't only complain about those things. We complain about the things we like to do, too. As I said, like how many of y'all play a sport? Probably a lot of student athletes in the room. Okay, how many of you, when you go to sports practice, complain at practice? All of you raise your hands, you liars, you liars. We complain, right? We're like, ah, dude, I hate this. I never, why did I ever choose to swim? I hate swimming. When in reality, like, I loved swimming in high school, but every day at practice I would complain, right? Because I didn't want to do it. It's like we complain about everything, even the things we like. Why do we do this? And I think in some way or another, this complaining is addicting. I think it's an addiction we don't realize we have. Because it doesn't make anything we do during the day more fun to do. Like if you, I know this is cliche, your parents have probably told you this, but if you have a negative attitude, it's not going to be good. Like it's not, it's not going to help us in any way, we know that, but it makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves in some way or another. And somehow it seeped its way not only into the things we don't want to do, but into the things that we love. I know I'm really guilty of this, and I've seen that this year as I mentioned in my first year of college, I'm at Anderson University. I'm studying Christian Studies, Youth Ministry. Go Trojans. Um, and so, 
Black and gold, baby. Um, I'm studying Christian studies, and what that means for me is that usually in most of my classes, I'm studying the Bible. I'm studying how to do things like this, um, how to do student ministry. And, man, I can tell you, to tell you the truth, this year, I complain more about my school probably than I ever have. I'm paying like $40,000 a year to do this. I'm paying $40,000 a year to complain. No, I'm paying $40,000 a year to be faithful to what God has called me to. But in that, I haven't been faithful to the attitude he's called me to. He hasn't called me to be negative. He's called me to have a positive attitude. And so that might be a little bit of a silly example, but I just realized that it has had engulfed my whole life to where I was complaining about everything and this pessimism had creeped into all aspects of my life. And I think when we complain, it can look a little bit like this. So let's say you go to school in the mornings. Wow, I cannot see you guys. These are foggy. Um, let's say you go to school in the morning and you, you go to your first period of class and you got U.S. history. I don't know. U.S. history and you go in and you're like, oh, I had to wake up early. I hate this class. History's so dumb. Why do we have to know this stuff? I don't care what they did 100 years ago. And that's a little bit of a break right there. Um, you continue throughout your day and you go to whatever practice. Let's say you play basketball and you continue and you go to basketball practice. You're like, man, I hate basketball. I don't know why I signed up for this. I hate doing it. I have to run. And it takes another chip out. And eventually you get to the end of your day and you look a little bit like this. You can, I'm going to get this piece of glass so Nathan doesn't die when he comes up here. Um, you look a little bit like this. I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, and, and you can't really do anything with this, right? Like, you've been made to do so much, but throughout the day you've broken yourself down to where now you can no longer really do what you were in, intended to do well, and you can just kind of halfway do it. Like, when the circumstances of your life pour in, You're not holding anything. And you can't control it because you're trying to do it in this off way where you're trying to make yourself feel better about it through your words and your negative words. And it doesn't work. So why do we do this? If it's not helping us and it's actually having a negative impact on our lives, how do we do this? Or why do you, we do this? And how do we escape this? If it is so addicting, and it is this thing that it feels like everything in our lives that's engulfed, how do we escape? How do we get away from this pattern? Because for me, when I look at my life, I can see that it has taken over a grand majority of the things I do. 
And when I look at them, I'm sad because I can just see that they're not nearly as enriching as they would be if I went in with the right attitude. I think the Bible has something to say about this. So open up to Philippians 2, 14 through 16. That's where we're going to be today. Mine is soaking wet, so let's see if I can make out the splotchy words. Philippians 2, 14 through 16. Verse 14, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Okay, Paul. Well, that's our answer. Shouldn't complain. Thanks, Paul. That helps. Not really. Um, we know this, right? We know we shouldn't complain, but we do it, and we don't even realize it. We continue to go through our days complaining about stuff. And like I said, we complain about things, even the things that we like. We don't just complain about the things that are a discouragement to us. We start to complain about everything in our lives, and it's engulfed us. But Paul here, I just want to point out, Paul is in prison writing this. It's not like he's like sitting on some island like Bob Marley, like, don't worry about a thing. No, like, he's in prison. Like, I don't know if you know this about Roman prisons, but like back in the day, if you were in prison, like, there's a high chance they're going to kill you. Ooh, yeah, that's a big one, right? And so this isn't like some non-serious situation that Paul's in. Paul, Paul is telling them, do not grumble. But he doesn't just say, don't grumble. He says, do all things without grumbling or complaining. Not only the things you enjoy, not only the things you feel like you are called to, not only the things you feel like you want to do, do all things without grumbling or complaining. Even the things that feel unnecessary or mundane. Do all things without grumbling or complaining. Verse 15, he continues, he said, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So now we're getting a little bit of the why. Okay, Paul, why do I need to not grumble and complain? Paul says here, we are to be lights to the world. We can't really do that if we're complaining all the time, right? Because they're going to look at our lives, and then they're going to look at theirs with the exact same situations in them, and they're going to see that we reacted the same way that they did. What do they have that I don't? If they're complaining, and they're grumbling, and they're disputing everything they do just like I do, I don't see how this hope or peace or joy that surpasses understanding that they claim that they have through Jesus, I don't understand how that's making any kind of impact on their life. Maybe the big things, but they still complain every time they have to go to U.S. history. I know it sounds silly, but if we're stuck in this pattern of complaining, we're never going to be able to be lights to others. They're not going to see Jesus in us if they look at us and see us complaining and disputing about everything we have to do. It just won't happen. But let's see how Paul proposes to do this. 
We got the what, we got the why, let's look at the how. Verse 16, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. We are to hold fast to the word of life. The word of life, the Bible, Jesus, God. What, like, we are to hold fast to these things. The Bible reveals so much to us about our God and our Christ. And it, it reveals these things to us that in response, we can't complain. We can no longer complain. I want to read some of these things. Charlie actually shared these, I believe it was last week, um, and they went over them again this morning, and I wasn't even going to include these, um, but I saw them this morning, and I was like, man, that's, that's really good. And I think these are the truths that Paul is talking about that we need to lean on, that we need to hold fast to. These, these truths, I'll, I'll read them for us, and these are things about God. These are what we know about God that we can hold fast to. God is our wonderful counselor. He is all wise. What God has allowed to come into my life has purpose and meaning. We may not understand it, but he does. Our God is a mighty God. He is all-powerful. He is in control of all things. Nothing happens to us that he has not allowed. Our God is the everlasting Father. He is all loving. What he has allowed is for my ultimate good. It is his highest expression of love to us. Therefore, I can trust him. He is our prince of peace. He is all satisfying. We have what God, we have what God wants us to have for our present growth and enjoyment. If we don't have something we want or think we need, it's because in reality, we don't need it or God would provide it. He is enough. I think those are four beautiful truths about our God that we can lean on. Examples of what Paul is talking about here. Because when we look at those, our complaining seems insignificant. How can we complain when we realize those in relation to our circumstances. Our circumstances have no effect on who God is, and if that's who God is, then we have no reason to complain because we know he is all-loving. We know he is almighty. We know he is all-wise. We know he is all-peaceful. He is our peace. So how can we sit here and complain when we know these things about our God? One of my favorite worship songs, this is going to sound so basic, is Gratitude by Brandon Lake, okay? Yes, I get it. Most popular song out there right now. But I discovered it first, so don't, don't, get, don't come for me. Um, but in that, I love that song so much because Brandon Lake is talking about, in the lyrics, he speaks about how great our God is. And one of the lines says, all, one of the main lines in the song says, all that I have is a hallelujah. 
And I think that's a good summary of how we should respond to these things we know about God. When we hear these things about God, all that we have is a hallelujah. When we truly understand these in relation to our life and our circumstances, all that we have is a hallelujah. We can do nothing but worship when we realize who God is and the impact he has on our life. When you're stuck in this pattern of complaining, stop and worship. That is what we should do. And I understand that it's like, okay, easier said than done. But when you really do understand these truths, when you really accept them as truth in your life, and you let them decide how you respond to your circumstances, and you hold fast to those, it is that easy. Because that's all we can do, is worship him. And I know it isn't easy, but it actually starts to have an effect on us when we do this. And our life starts to look a lot more like this. Who we were meant to be, oh goodness. I'll clean it up, Matt, I promise. Who we were meant to be is held together by our Father who is in control. And when the circumstances of our life pour in, we can handle it. It's held together, not by us, but by our almighty God. We're just a piece of the puzzle. And I know this is a little, just because I want, I want you to see how important this is on our lives and how practical it is. Um, so I'll share one more thing. They did a study a few years ago. Um, with, in the 21st century, I mean, you guys know this, psychological studies are huge. Um, everybody's trying to make the next psychological discovery so we can get better therapy, counseling, etc. All of this stuff is affected by how we view psychology and what we know about human psychology, which is the study of the brain. So they do a lot of studies nowadays, especially considering... Uh, Matt says this all the time. You guys know this. Generation Z is the highest, has the highest rates of anxiety and depression of any generation of all time. We're a statistic. Like, we have topped the numbers. And so they're constantly trying to figure out how to respond to this anxiety and depression within the therapy and counseling world, psychological world. And... They did a study a few years back, and they, what they found, I don't know all the ins and outs or how you even test this. I couldn't really find the details on how they tested this. Um, but I'll tell you the results. What they found is that anxiety and gratitude cannot exist in the brain at the same time. The brain cannot react to both. Like, it's literally not possible. Your brain can do one or the other at the same time. 
And like, like, I think that's crazy. Like that is how God designed us. Like he designed it this way so that we cannot exist in our anxiety and in our gratitude at the same time. So we have to make a choice because we can't have both. Anxiety and gratitude don't mix. Complaining and worship don't mix. They're polar opposites. They can't exist at the same time. Choose gratitude. Choose worship. And I don't want to be insensitive to anybody who struggles with anxiety because I understand that's hard. And it's, it's not as easy as just choosing gratitude. I understand that. But let me offer you some comfort within that. When you experience moments where you're truly worshiping God and you're truly engaging with him and praising him, your anxiety is gone for just that little bit of time. Worship doesn't change your circumstances, but it changes you. And it changes how we view the world and how we view God in relation to the world. When you can't see past your complaining, worship God. Because all that we have is a hallelujah when we truly know who he is. The band's not going to come back up after me, so I'm going to end tonight a little bit differently. I'm going to read a passage of scripture, and then I'm going to pray. And it's not going to be up on the screens, because I want you guys to just really listen. I want you guys to close your eyes and listen to these words and make this your prayer. And then I'll pray us out afterwards. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, that is our prayer tonight, that we would rejoice in you always, that our words would not be filled with grumbling and complaining, but that we would see that you have placed everything in our lives for a reason, that we would see your almightiness, that we would see your all-lovingness, that we would see your peace, that we would see your wisdom. And in response to those, be able to do nothing but fall on our knees in worship. That is our prayer. Lord, be, be with us this week. In your name we pray. Amen.